Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, uh, coming to you from Big D, and I am not a fan of that new Ranger Stadium. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. And I am the Champ, and in this young Bush League season, it's the bottom of the first, and I'm already down 5 nothing. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, I'm I'm about to, I'm about to start my slow descent too. Uh, are you concerned at being down at the bottom of the first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, well, we we talked about a couple of things. Um, we we said that essentially your your three dollar players, which would equate to um, first or second round draft choices in a draft, um, you don't really need them to to have great seasons. You just need them to have their normal good seasons. Um, and the fact that I'm already down a week with, with um, Christian Yelich, uh, my, my offense can't sustain that. And, you know, I'm in search of pitching. So it's, it's going to be a long haul to mediocrity. <laughs> well, maybe it'll be a fun haul to mediocrity. Yeah, well, well, you know what? I, I watched each night and, that's part of the problem, right? You, you, baseball is so day-to-day that you, you feel good one day and you're, it's lousy the next, um, which is, is a good and bad thing. So um, Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, as we talk about Fab later in the, uh, the podcast, um, I'll tell you the reason why I had to, to do what I did. So, hey, tell me, you're in, you're in Big D, right? How did you, uh, t- when, when did you get there? Tell me the things that you've done so far. Yeah, so we left Thursday night after uh, after work. Got in here, you know, late Thursday night, early Friday morning. We stayed in a hotel. Uh, Friday we went to well, we're here visiting uh, Christy's stepmother, uh, Lori, who we're close to, and and she lives in Dallas. Uh, we're here visiting her, and we're doing some sightseeing at the same time. Uh, and one of Christy's sisters that lives in Colorado is also in town, so it's good to catch up uh, with family members. Um, Friday we went to South Fork, you know. Christy and I have been yeah. watching Dallas. Uh, it the, the house looks the same, the ranch looks the same, a little more worn, weathered. I mean, it's 40, 40 years since, maybe even more than that, since the uh, almost fifty years since the start of the show. Um, but the house does look the same. Apparently, they shot uh, most of the outside, if not all of the outside scenes, at that ranch, and it was somebody's house. The the CBS literally just went around a helicopter and wanted found a picturesque ranch that they wanted to you okay. know m- make the setting of. Um, Asked this guy, hey, this this is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to do. Make a TV show. We want to use your house. Guy turned him down the first time and then uh, came back second time and he said, yeah, but you can only use it doing <laughs> June, July, and August. So all those scenes of outside. We're in Texas, June, July, and August, even though in the show it might have been November and December. What, why is that? Why June, July, and August? Because it's so hot. Him and his family went away for the <laughs> for – the, for the, Oh, yeah. right. Okay, because I was thinking because it's Texas, I was thinking in January there's usually no power. So maybe they can use that. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I guess because of the heat, uh, they said, yeah, go ahead. You can have it June, July, and August. Um, and so they gotcha. they really probably – they rented the house – from them because they would use the inside of the house as like a staging area to walk the actors outside. Um, yeah, but the, like there's some scenes that are outside with fur coats and it's probably 115 degrees out. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
That's when you punish actors for not knowing their line. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Do it again. <laughs> right. So, so it was it was cool so you, though. You sent the league. You sent the league a cardboard cutout of you and Jr. Ewing. Right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. So me and Jr. are partners now. Yep. Um, hopefully, I don't take on his character because he was kind of mean and villainous. I don't really like okay. being like that um, with my friends, but he was like that with everyone. So uh, hopefully well, I don't you, take you, on that you, you know the line is just begging. Sometime in July when your team's thinking like a rock, we're wondering who shot JR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be me. I might. <laughs> I don't know how that gun residue got on me. Um, yeah, so, and then today we're going to the stockyards, which I think you've said you've been at Fort Worth. Yeah, the stockyards were fine. Um, we were there um, in February of 2020, right before um, the COVID outbreak. Uh, we were coming up from, from Austin and spent a couple hours at the stockyards before um, flying out of, of Dallas. It's, it's good. I think it's, a, it's one of those things that you want to see once, but you know anything more than that. Um, there's some restaurants, some bars in that area, some shops, that type of thing. They've revive the old stockyards so it's, it's worth seeing yeah um and then last night me christy and brooke christy's sister one of christy's sisters who's visiting we went to the rangers game last night so, so let's let's start with the let's start with globe life field because that's a brand new stadium that they opened last year correct yeah it, it was ready for fans last year and obviously it got shut down uh so this is the first year with fans it's been up for this is the second year it's been up um, it uh, from the, to be honest with you, we we drove in, parked. I I thought we parked across the street from the stadium, and then we come to realize that's the old stadium. The old stadium is really cool. The outside, it it looks. I I didn't know it was twenty five years old. I was gonna say it's not that old, is it? Yeah, uh, nineteen ninety four. It was built. Yeah, still, that's I, I don't know. I would. I, I don't get it, man. Age that fast? No. Yeah, especially Ranger stadiums. Like it's not Yankee Stadium where they're selling out every day. Um, <laughs> you know, the Rangers had some good teams, but they were spotty. You know, it wasn't consistent over you know twenty five years. Um, but anyway, when you turn the corner and you look at Globe Life Field, I think that's what it's called. Um, it looks like a basketball arena. That's what it reminded me of. Went walking up to it, um, rectangular okay. enclosed, obviously. Uh, and then you walk in, it's, it had, it was very similar to the Houston Enron. You remember that? I do. Yeah. So it's kind of that type of lighting. So you, you could see the sun coming through, but it was, you know, obviously uh, cool. It was a cool night last night, but, um, that, well, they had it, but they don't close last night, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Cause okay. it was, it was a little chilly. It was probably in the fifties. So if you have a dome, I would I would close it for the fans, um, but it, it's just I it was just loud. Like when the PA announcer was on, the music you, you couldn't talk to anyone. Like I, I couldn't. Well, you know what the, you know what that's about, don't you? Oh stop! What is it about? It's it's about um, old age. And, you I know. know I, I have that problem too when it's too loud. I'm like I can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's an age thing. Maybe, but uh, part of the lure of going to a baseball game is not just to see the game but you can have conversation at the same time yeah that's what i like about it but you i couldn't hear anything in that in that stadium um so yeah it, it was very familiar uh, characteristics of enron field i guess it's not called minute Maid park sorry um 
yeah. So, uh, I, but I wasn't a fan. Um, everything's new because it's never been used. But um, yeah, what? Not a fan. And I saw the Orioles. That's who we saw play. Um, the Orioles came back and won. They're, they're both bad teams. Um, I, I think that the Orioles. Yes, they are both bad teams. Um, it's a shame you had to see a game like that. But I think the Orioles are um, on a, uh, a little bit steeper upward curve than uh, the Rangers. Rangers have a ways to go. Could Could you name? Let me ask you something. Could you name four or five players um, combined on either uh, starting lineups? Well, it's funny because I think Christy asked me that, and I knew Freddie Galvis and Mikel Franco played for the Orioles because former okay. Phillies, I just knew that. And I knew about Trey Mancini because of okay. the cancer thing. Yeah. I knew Joey Gallo. I forgot David Dahl was there until I got to the stadium. Yeah. Um, anybody else, I, I had no idea who they were. <laughs> and part of it's being in the American League, so I don't follow the American League. I just, I just don't follow it. So. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. In the upcoming years, I'm going to try and convince um, more of the Bush League owners for all of us to try and get into the same league in NFBC, which is a mixed league, um, so we can expand our horizons and, and, and expand the pain level as well. <laughs> uh, <coughs> so the, the one thing I will say, and we'll get off this topic then, was uh, if there are any major league teams that are like get a middle infielder hurt, you know, late in the season, Freddie Galvis can still play defense. I mean, he had three hits yesterday, and he's kind of spotty on the on the offensive side, but he can still pick up the baseball. For, I, I didn't know if he could play still, but yeah, he can. He 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 looked really good. He played shortstop, and he's a guy you need to play shortstop for a month because one of your guys got injured, and you just need someone with experience. Yeah, he he's absolutely. he's absolutely can still play. Yeah. So, uh, any switch hitter off the bench can run a little bit. He's probably a good addition to a playoff club. So, any any major league executives out there, go ahead, you know, make that as a note. Um, what did you think about this uh, pitcher for the Rangers, Dan yeah. Dunning? So, okay, I, I've never heard of him, obviously. Uh, he pitched really well. He had some strikeouts. He works quickly. He throws strikes. Um, I think he gave up one hit in the first four innings, and then they, they got to him a little bit. But other than Galvis hitting the ball up the alley, they were all singles. Um, yeah, he looked good. He, he seemed to run out of gas about the sixth. Yeah. But uh, it's against the Orioles. Um, so I, I don't know how really how effective the guy really is. But he, he throws strikes, and he pitched well, and he, he kept them in the game. Like, it wasn't his fault okay. that they lost. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and my, my last question for you here, uh, looks like there was, what, almost 30,000 people. I guess they don't have – Texas is the first uh, team to have unlimited – well, I guess only limited by capacity, um, not by percentage of capacity, right, in the major leagues. So uh, they didn't have any COVID restrictions, did they? Other than masks, um, the, the stadium makes them wear a mask when you walk in and, and there's people walking around policing it. Uh, passively with giant signs. Um, I, we had two other people in our row, and they were pretty far away from us. And there okay. was there was there was one person in front of us, one person behind us, and both wore the masks unless they were eating something. Yeah. So that that twenty nine thousand is more of a function of just the interest level in the Rangers and probably the newness of the stadium. My guess is 
Yeah. If we fast forward this to September, um, they're probably looking at what fifteen thousand. That's what I would guess. Yeah, like okay. Tuesday night. We'll, we'll check back. Yeah, Tuesday night against the Mariners. Yeah, there's no one going. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have a little, and I, I just saw it. I didn't get to experience it, but the, it has a little thing like Pittsburgh does, where there's some bars, restaurants right attached to the stadium and you know across an alleyway. So it looks yeah. like it has some okay. stuff like that. Um, but other than going to the stadium, been there, done that. Not interested in going back. Okay, all right. That's a, that's that's good analysis. Um, so uh, we we do have some baseball news. My, my man Tim LaCastro dislocated his finger the other day. And, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, and he had twenty twenty eight consecutive stolen bases without being caught. Breaks Tim Raines' record of twenty seven. Um, his spikes are headed to the Hall of Fame. That's the note you put in there. But yeah, do you see my point about LaCastro? Yeah, it's you know he's he's a decent player, right? He's made himself into yes, um, maybe not um, an everyday outfielder because because you know the wear and tear, particularly the way he plays, but certainly he he's deserving of a roster spot and probably a fourth outfielder spot. So it's it's a shame number one that he got thrown out yesterday, which was the first time he got thrown out. And I think it was by Jan Gomes of all people, and he also uh, was it did he dislocate his finger? He did. He had some stitches in it. It's his pinky finger. So it's yeah. it's going to take a little bit to come back. It's, I mean, yeah, you got the hitting and the throwing thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I and this guy can run it. Remember the guy I talked about last week, and I said, hey, there's, I couldn't remember his name. That reminds me of him. You remember Drew Stubbs? Yeah, barely. I never would have pulled that name out, though. That's who he reminds me of. Yeah, a guy can fly. If he puts the ball on the ground, he's got a shot to get at bats. Because he's not Castro, he's not hitting the ball out of the park. So, um, yeah, so he he's going to be out for a little bit. So I got to find a replacement for him. I, although I have his replacement in Paven Smith. So, um, yeah, they're different players. But do, do, do you think do you think some of the attraction, the reason why you like Le Castro, is that his game is kind of a throwback to the '80s and '90s? Don't you think? Yeah, that it, maybe you're right. Maybe it's yeah, maybe that's why I like him so much. Put the ball on the ground. Yeah, he just looks yep. like he looks like he's a uh, he looks like he's um just a very solid uh, player, right? He's not the, he's not that flashy, you know, launch angle type of guy with the big swing. No, no, and and uh, and though baseball doesn't uh, add value to it like it used to, it's a big deal when you steal base late in the game where you don't have to bunt the guy over. Like if you can, this guy can do that, and that's that's big. You know, well, according to Statcast, uh, his sprint speed is thirty point seven uh, feet per second, which is only which is second to Trey Turner. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so he's the second fastest. And you saw a guy yesterday who's the fourth fastest, uh, Nick Solak. Yeah. Second baseman for the uh, yeah Rangers. yeah he can get down the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know who he was. I I, I th- yeah he had some pretty good at bats yesterday. Well, yeah. he replaced uh, um, Rubnid uh, Odor yeah. as the second baseman. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did a pretty good job. But again, they're bad. They got other than yeah, Gallo. They, they got other than Gallo. They got no one to put the ball over the wall. No one. So, mm. yeah. Anyway, um, and then Carlos Rodon uh, pitches a 114 pitch no hitter for the White Sox, um, and 
Lucas Giulietto threw one last year, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, first pitcher to throw no hitter within two years of Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So that should be Tommy John surgery. Um, I guess what's interesting here is that Victor Caratini did not catch this no hitter. <laughs> no. No. I, it wasn't it wasn't the same catcher either, right? Because I think McCann was there last year. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I didn't watch the game. Um, I, I guess it happened late, but apparently I think he had a perfect game going into the ninth inning, and he hit somebody. Uh, but I, I guess he was he was gassed up at the end. He was throwing ninety eight, ninety nine. Good for uh, him. He was he was amped up, and yeah. good good for Carlos Rodon because he was uh, he was non tendered by by the White Sox because as we just talked about, he had undergone uh, Tommy John surgery. He was a I think he was a number. Two, Two overall draft choice by White Sox in 14 or 15 out of um, North Carolina State, I believe. So it's good to see, you know, he's kind of getting back to where they thought he was going to be. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really cool story that he was non-tendered and then comes back and makes the team and throws a no-no. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Um, yeah, it was the third pick of the 2014 draft from North Carolina State. Yep. Yeah. Good for him. Um, and then the, we got the Johnny Cueto watch. Uh, pitched another, <laughs> yeah. had another good outing. Five and two-thirds, three hits, four strikeouts, no walks, no runs. Um, he left with some lat tightness. Um, did, I, I, did he get the win on that on that outing? Yeah, he did. Okay. He, he, he did. He was, he was pitching really well. And the only thing that kept him from going deeper into the game was you know was was the injury and he's now on the uh, the ten day IL. So you know Cueto is he's kind of a pitcher where if if you're looking to add like a fourth guy, he he's got to come up on your list, right? As a major league executive, because he has some years where he's like, boy, this guy's really struggling, but he he kind of figures it out at times when he goes through the season. I mean, there's been times where we, everyone thought he was done when he went to the Giants. He was 18-5 and five in 2016. You know, he, he goes to Kansas City late in 15 and pitches well in the playoffs to push them over to get a World Series. Uh, he's won 20 games for the for the Reds. Uh, yeah, the guy does a pretty good job. I, I would think that if you're the Giants and you find yourself in July, I mean, you got the Padres and you got the uh, the Dodgers ahead of you, and if you're kind of um, treading water at about 500, I would think that there's teams that would be interested in, in, in Johnny Cueto. And yeah. maybe what you can do is, is, you know, free up some salary and, you know, start build, continue to build for the future if you're the Giants. I, I agree with you. And, and, if, and if I'm a team on the opposite side of that coin in the race and I need some, you know, playoff experience – long relief because you know the playoffs yeah. playoffs all about pitching as many pitchers as you can during a game it's like a contest um you know certainly he can give you three four innings easily easily you know to get you through a game so um yeah so good for johnny cueto he's going to extend his career uh and he's going to end up on a on a playoff team probably like you said by the end of the year um and and then every time cueto's name comes up i can never remember what team he is on in our league but I think he's on the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> yes, he is. He is. Sam has him. Okay. All right. Um, other note. Was... I, I, well, it got it got confusing during the draft, didn't it? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> it did. Uh, at, the, at one point, I thought I had him because I just wasn't okay. sure. Um, and then we have. You know, I, I got to be careful because, you know, if there's a fab night, a Saturday night where I drink too much, I might actually try and find him on fab. <laughs> set, a, set a note in your phone, like on Saturday at 9. I, you can't get Johnny Cueto, right? So, okay. Yeah. So that way Well, well you know, yourself. sometimes setting notes in one's calendar doesn't always work. No, I did it this week. <laughs> did oh, not that's work. what I was referring to. That was that was a, a thinly veiled uh, shot at you. Yeah, you can throw them at me. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Um, and then uh, uh, Joe West, he is awarded $500,000 plus interest on a defamation lawsuit against Paul LaDuca. Um after what happened? In 2019, LaDuca claimed on his podcast that former Mets reliever Billy Wagner bribed West into giving him a larger strike zone in exchange for letting the veteran umpire use his 1957 Chevrolet. <laughs> <laughs> that seems... You know, that just seems, from, from what you just said there, that seems hard to that I don't know if it's a jury trial or not, but how could you be found guilty of something like that? And, and it's on a podcast. Um, so number one, I guess we need to be very careful what we say on these podcasts. And number two, uh, anybody that's listening, we don't have deep pockets, so you can't really sue us for anything. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. A couple things. No one's listening to us. So that helps as far as the lawsuit. Um, I, 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 that story initially, when I heard it, that story sounds so wild. It's gotta be true. Like if I'm a, if I'm the jury, I'm like, yeah, that seems wild, and yeah, all right, I, maybe Wagner said it to him. I doubt if Wes said, yeah, okay. You, you know what I mean? Like you better come up with more than me. Let I can use your car on a Sunday afternoon. If I'm wide the strike zone, right? Yeah. Well, I can see why it would hurt. It would hurt an umpire. I mean, you don't want any any hint of impropriety. Right, so, so just talking about that, but I can imagine they're at the mound, and you know maybe yeah. they mention that, and he kind of kids around with them, right, at, on a mound visit or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but sure. I, I can't believe that that was serious. Yeah, yeah, either can I, and I can't believe that it went through the court system and we wasted taxpayer dollars on this. I, well, it was the New York State Supreme Court, so there, <sighs> anybody that has a, a court case in New York better beware. Yeah, yeah, they'll listen to anything apparently. Um, and then uh, the Red Sox wear their yellow jerseys. Did you see that? Have you? Seen, I, I have. You, you know, the jerseys. When I see them, it looks like something um, either out of the Dominican Summer League, or <laughs> when like Cuba plays in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, they have those, those crazy bright yellow uniforms. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just weird, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, and to be honest with you, I am not a fan of that. I'm just not a fan. I, I'm not a fan when I'm watching a game last night and the Orioles are wearing their orange. Shirts. I'm like, just wear the road grays. Just wear the road grays. So, so let me ask you a question here. Did you, did you get a chance? Were you able to see the Cardinals and the Phillies uh, yesterday? I didn't. No, I didn't see that game. Okay. Because the Cardinals had their, what they call the victory blue um, away uniforms, which is kind of a throwback. Yeah. Kind of a blend to the, the ones in the 80s. And, but they had the piping instead in the, the button-down versus the pullovers. Yeah. I actually thought they were kind of cool. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of wearing, like, a retro, but, I like, when the Mets wear, they're all black jerseys. I can't stand that. Like, I, mm, th yeah. Okay. But, 
like when the when the Orioles they used to wear the orange jerseys, but they wore the white pants. Um, yeah, and I, I I'm a fan of the powder blue uniforms. Maybe because I was a kid, and that's when I started watching it. Right. And there right. were a lot the of Philly, the Phillies wear them. There were a lot of teams that wore them. The Phillies wore them for a few years. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, do they throw? Do they have like a retro day where they wear them? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, okay. They used to. Yeah, yeah. They, they I've seen them uh, with those powder blues because they had them. The Cardinals had them. The Royals. Um, the, Royals still have them. Yeah, the Cubs. Uh, yeah, there, there were quite a few teams that wore that powder blue road jersey, and it's kind of nice that they upgraded, gave them the button down instead of the polyester pullover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause those jerseys look pretty uncomfortable. And then, uh, Jacob DeGrom finally gets a win. Yay. What, after, uh, what, what, let's see, what, what are his stats? He's pitched like 20 innings and yeah, I was, think he has like a, what, 0.45. It was three starts. Um, ERA and he only has one win. Yeah. He had, yeah, it's, it, he got a win in his third start. Yeah. 20 innings. Um, well, he had to, he had to shut down. Was it the, um. It was the Rockies, right? That he got the winning. I mean, he had to shut them down, and he was pitching in Colorado. He was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's too hard to shut down the Rockies, but yeah, I get your point that he's pitching in Colorado. Uh, yeah, I mean, you knew it was coming. Um, it's just a matter of time, and you know, I, well, the Mets are a little better than they were the past couple of years, so hopefully, he can get the double digits, <laughs> double digit wins. Uh, for Jacob Degrom. Uh, so let me ask you: Here, here's an, um, who has more wins this year, Jacob Degrom or the Sewer Hawks? Because the Sewer Hawks just got their first win, right? They did. Uh, they, yeah, Burns he got it right. Corbin Burns get the win. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yep, yeah. He had to pitch lights out for real to get that <laughs> win. <laughs> yeah, there's no keeping the Brewers in the game. Um, and and then I felt bad for him because. Uh, the Marlins scored all those runs against. Uh, maybe they were playing the Mets, but uh, Sanchez gave up a bunch of runs for Bob Kirk, and he he didn't get the win. I think the Marlins scored eight runs in the first five innings, but um, it wasn't enough to to hold on to get the win. So, yeah, that you know, and that's painful just to watch when your team gets up to a a big lead, six one lead, and your pitcher can't go five innings, and you you just see it coming. It's it's not fun. Yeah. Um, all right, so let, let's talk about some standings here. Uh, the, there seem to be a, a Bob Kirk's team starting to pick it up a little bit. He's in first. Uh, Statman dropped the second with 76 points. Rebel Alliance creep up a little bit with 69. Dudes drop uh, seven points, dropped to 65 and a half. The Roosters uh, are about to, they're starting their descend now. Everybody buckle in. We're, we're near the airport. We're coming down. Um, <laughs> yeah, food trays up in the lock position. Uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're starting to descend, and I got some injuries I got to deal with, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, Lakers have a good week. Dropped the six or pulled up the sixth. They increased by twelve. Uh, the Basura Bulls got up the seventh with a fifteen uh, plus fifteen week. Uh, yeah, you had a even week. You didn't move up or down, but you dropped to eighth. Then you got the Ducks and the Bearcats uh, coming up on the end. Um, so let's start with well, – we'll start with Bob Kirk's team. Is this – are we seeing the beginning of him just running away with this? 
Um, I, I got to believe so. Um, his pitching, you, you know, we, we, we laugh. Um, he, he's got one pitching point, uh, or excuse me, one win, which is equates to one pitching point there. That's not going to happen all season. His pitching is too good. He just got back. Um, although I didn't see him play a whole lot. Um, I watched part of the game yesterday, but uh, Fernando Tatis is, is back again. So, um, you know, if he can avoid injury, his offense should – his Sewerhawks offense should only get better. So i, I got to believe that, um, that he's going to be fine. Um, you know, Abisal Garcia is, is playing well. And remember, um, I think it was last week we talked about um, Yadier Molina on his team. Between Acuna, Acuna and Molina um, last week, or, or I guess – so far, year to date, they have 11 home mm-hmm. runs, and I, I look at the Bearcats, who have an anemic offense. The Bearcats, for the year, have a total of 11 home runs. So, I, I, I think I think the Sewerhawks are are well positioned if he can keep um, if he can keep uh, Tatis on the field, and um, of, of course, Acuna is not going to have this this great run the whole season. But I I, I can't see Bob. Um, messing this up can you no and he's still got Marte on the disabled list who will eventually come up um, Kettle Marte uh, he's got Brendan Rodgers on the DL who will eventually come up um, yeah overperforming right now Yadi Molina it's like he found himself um, for for a couple weeks and and even if he has a couple weeks like this throughout the season that that's a big boost you know um, yeah you're right about Acuna I mean he is just completely on fire he'll he'll I mean the batting average will drop a little bit but um I think I think what you're seeing production wise is just going to continue to happen and his pitching is is pretty solid his only issue if you call it an issue is some saves but I don't think it's going to matter I just just don't think it's going to matter um uh probably not and you know um, if we look, Tommy Pham has only hit 128, and we made fun of Gregory Polanco. I think you gave Gregory Polanco ten days. Yeah. Ten days, mm-hmm. yeah, and he had a he had a fairly good week this past week. So look out if Sewerhawks start clicking on on all, so, all cylinders. Yeah, then we got the Statman who dropped a little bit. Um, still got Nimmo hitting 471. He's doing pretty well. He's only got five runs scored and four ribs, but he's, he's getting on base. So that's, that's a big thing. Sensel dropped an average a little bit who was, who was hot. Um, but he's still got enough guys producing, uh, Adam Duvall, uh, you know, he's got 11 ribs early on. Travis Shaw has got a 12 ribs early on. I think Ryan McCann McMahon leads his team in homers. So yeah. with six, uh, of course, I think he hit four in one week. Um, yeah. So I, I think his his hitting stabilizing, and then his pitching is uh, Flaherty. I think had a good outing this week against the Phils. Did he pitch against the Phils? Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, yes. Yeah, um, Morton pitched well uh, this week, and he's and their ERAs are still in the fours, so it, that that'll come down. Um, looks like Steven Strasburg went went on a DL though, or he's. Yeah, he's, he's out. Um, I, I I don't think I don't think um, pitching is going to be their um, the issue for this statement. I think it's going to be um, offensively and, yeah. and and thus far he he's he's making all the right moves right because I think I was last.
I gave up like a six spot in the first inning, and I know that Bill retained him. So I, I looked to see, um, you know, the bump in the standings for the Statman, and he still has Mitch Keller down. I'm like, yeah. how do you avoid this? Yeah. So yeah. as you had pointed out before, sometimes the best move is no move. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, his offense is it, – it'll go through weeks where it's anemic, but he, he'll, he'll go through weeks where he can pull himself out offensively. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how consistent that is. And then we got the Rebel Alliance. Hey, Good. Hey, hey, just a clarification. Um, Flaherty did not pitch against the Phillies. He won't pitch in this series against them. Um, um, he's pitching tomorrow against okay. uh, Joe Rush and uh, the Nats. All right. Yeah, but Flaherty did get a win, I think, his last outing. I, I think he pitched pretty well. Yeah. Um, then we got the Rebel Alliance, who crept up a little bit. Um, he, had some, he had a big week out of Chris Bryant. He banged a couple homers, Baez banged a couple homers. Um, Tyler Naquin came down to earth this, <laughs> this week. Uh, I don't think he had any production. Um, and then he, of course we talked about Johnny Cueto. Um, uh, Arietta came, uh, he didn't have as good an outing as last time, but he still got a win. So he's, he's sitting at two wins and Trevor Bauer still striking guys out left and right. Um, yeah, um, well, it's interesting. Since um, um, Winker came back, um, they put um, Naquin on the bench. He only had eight at-bats this, this, this past week. Okay. So um, despite, you know, one of the strongest OPSs in, in, in the National League, I, I guess the Reds are going to use him as a fourth outfielder. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's probably right where he, where he should be. Um, but it, it's always nice when you get some production out of out of those guys. Um, yeah. And then from there, uh, we got the dudes who again dropped seven points. Um, but, you know, the hitting is is still a strong suit uh, with this guy's team. Um, and and it, it, that could be a factor of uh, the Bulls and the Lakers having a good week. So, you know what I mean? And me having a bad week. So yeah. We'll, yeah. When we when we talk to Josh next. Um, like you said, his offense is strong, um, and I'd like to, to ask him about uh, the two players that got off to slow starts are Francisco Lindor and Jock Peterson. So if, if those two players can just perform up to expectations, I think he's he's going to be in a good place. Um, have you seen this guy, Jazz Chisholm? Yeah. For the, uh, the Marlins play? Yeah. He's an exciting player. Yeah. He he reminds me a little bit about uh, of D. Gordon at his younger age, where just okay. sl- slaps a ball and runs. Um, yeah, and I think he's a good defensive player. Um, so, yeah, well, it, it, his issue, it's like Gordon's issue when he first started. Can he hit enough to stay on the field? Right? Can he can he hit enough over, over a long period of time? So, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, and the one thing that I think about um, Josh's team is he, he hit a gold mine with this Jake McGee and Mark Melanson. They're getting saves every day. Yeah, um, Jake McGee blew a save against the Marlins last night. Oh, he did. Okay, uh, a save chance. Yeah, but but you know, up until that point, I mean, got six saves from McGee and five from the Lanton. You're halfway there. Yeah, to what you probably <laughs> thought you were going to get out of these two players, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and then, of course, we 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 didn't make fun of him. We questioned it a little bit, but Zach Eflin had another strong outing. He looked good against the Cardinals, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Um, 
I mean, his ERA is 3-1. His whip is under a 1. He's only got one win, but um, yeah, he's pitching well, you know? Hey, 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 Raj, may, maybe, it, maybe it's fortunate that um, uh, we didn't have Josh on this week because Eflin will have another start, and we don't have to look that bad. We can talk next week and see if uh, Eflin yeah. has a bad start, then we can say, see, told you so. Yeah, right. But right now, it's not looking that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um and then you got my team who, again, I, as I mentioned before, we're, we're on our slow descend. I, I got too many guys that are young that if they're not hitting, they're going to get, they're not, they're going to lose their playing time. Um, Kristen Pache, he's, he's on the injured list, but he, I think he has four hits and I don't know if he's going to, I don't give him a, one more chance to play. Cause he can play a good defensive center field. But I'm not sure about him. Dickerson's not getting at bats, and he's only hitting 156 when he is. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if these guys are going. They're not going to be given the Josh Fuentes. They're not going to be given the leash, like some of the like nope. Lindor's going to be given a long leash. He's he can hit Correct. 150 all week, all all month. Um, but I'm not sure if these guys are. So, um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I think my pitching, other than Carlos Martinez, who was just killing me, that's oh, <laughs> it's killing me. It's man. horrible to watch. It, 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 it's painful. It's painful to watch him pitch because he can look so good for a couple innings, and he, he falls apart so quickly. Yeah. Um, and the Phillies touched him up. That's what I think I texted Carlos Martinez as like a slump buster. I mean, the Phillies weren't hitting at all. You, you run into that guy, everyone's – it's a race to the bat rack to get up there. Did you? I don't think you saw that second inning, but there was just a couple of weird plays that led to his demise, and you can just see, see things just, just getting to him. Um, yeah. DeYoung slipped on a play. Uh, um, Dylan Carlson lost the ball in the, you know, in the outfield, and you know, things just unraveled from, from, from there for him. Um, I got a couple questions, though, for you, for your team. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I – Castro looks like he's going to be hurt. Uh, Posey was day to day. Mustakis has lost a couple games here. I, I, I think you're right with your analysis that it's just it doesn't bode well for the future when people like uh, when you're a rookie and or a yeah. or, or, or young young player like uh, Fuentes and Pache when they don't uh, they, when they don't come out of the gates hot it it's hard to get that playing time back. It is, and um, I got outbid on a couple offensive players which is going to jam me up a little bit for the week. Um, yeah, it, it is. And, and LeCastro was getting at bats and playing well, and then he gets hurt. Like I can't afford that. Like I can't afford those marginal guys to get injured when they're playing well. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So you didn't have Victor Gonzalez up this week. I did not. Mm-mm. Okay. No. I, I think you missed that on a save last night against the Padres. Right? Well, yeah. And, and, they didn't. They didn't demote Logan Webb until Monday afternoon. So. Oh boy. So so what happened? So you you missed it during. Well, Monday. Af- is that you're saying? Monday afternoon. I, I I it was. I think the lineup. I think there was a afternoon game or, or they, there was something where I, I couldn't I couldn't swap Gonzalez. So either a game started or they maybe they announced Tuesday that Logan Webb was going back to the bullpen. So are, are you suggesting that if you could make mid midweek roster moves, I am, maybe you could avoid it? I am suggesting that. Yes. <laughs> huh. I, I, mm. Well, we'll think about that for next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause otherwise I would have stuck Victor in there and uh, I think he, I think he actually got a save this week. 
Yeah, it was, yep. la- I think it was last night. Last night, okay. It was, it was a great game, one nothing game. Uh, was it, I think it was one nothing. It was uh, Darvish against uh, Kershaw last night. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, but I think my pitching's good enough to kind of hang in there. Other than Martinez, I I, I think I'm going to be okay. I mean, obviously Wade Miley's going to give up a run. I don't think Martinez is going to end with a seven ERA. Um, and I think everyone is probably about, yeah, in the range of, of where they would be. And um, as long as Naris and Diaz don't lose their jobs, I, I, they'll get saves. They'll blow saves, but they'll get them too. And I'll be, I'll get some points that way. Um, but the hitting, yeah. Uh, yeah, the hitting is, and, and I got guys that aren't performing either. Goldschmidt's not performing. Blackman's not, Blackman's still hitting 182. Um and Suarez is hitting 188. So I need those guys to perform to, you know, counteract the the lack of production from the marginal players. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah, and I got Paven Smith. He'll play today in the outfield, so his his position will swip, uh, flip to OF so I can drop him in um, to fill for LeCastro, and he'll get the at-bats. So I'll be all right for another week. All right. But we'll see what happens. Um, and then we got Rick and and the Bulls after that. Um, Rick's have, Rick had a really good week. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, Lakers had I think, a, I think they, they actually had the best week. Um, them and the Bulls were 1-2 uh, if you look at the period stats, third okay. period stats. Yeah, so his – and his team isn't that bad. So, uh, um, you know, uh, I, 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 think, I think he's going to hang in there. Um, though this guy, Kim, he didn't really produce offensively the shortstop for the Padres. And, and he's another one, like we talked about, unless these guys get out to hot starts, they're going to lose at bats. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kim's production, he had a chance there with, um, Tatis being out. Um, I, I'll tell you what, uh, just, just from an offensive standpoint, uh, Cronenworth looks real good at second base. Yeah. Yeah, and, I and, agree and with Profar's you. performing in the outfield in that kind of all-over spot. So, uh, yeah, the odd man out is, is is Kim. And then, but but Rick's getting a lot of production out of Zach McKinstry. Who we, yeah, uh, yeah, that was you know that may have been. I was going to take a look at um, uh, Fab picks so far, and the fact that Bellinger is going to be out, um, and and Lux was in and out. Um, McKinstry is the one that's going to fill in there. So um, nice pickup by Rick on that. Yeah, and he, he seems like a good player. Uh, if he can get Ian Anderson and Max Freed to kind of normalize, um, his pitching will be okay. Well, Freed, Freed hit the IL. So he did. He's going to yep. be out this week. So we'll, we'll see what uh, Rick does in, in terms of call-ups. Yeah. Um, and he hit, it looks like he had that Widener in, in the lineup. Uh, Yimmy Garcia- and then uh, really doesn't have anyone to call up. Um, maybe he'll just ride it out. And, you know, the fact that he's not pitching will lower ZRA a little bit. Um, and then after that, we got you. Well, we got yeah, the Bulls, do, and then we got you. Do we need to talk about that? Well, yeah, I think we got to talk about it. Like, are, well, are, I, are, are you are you fake panicking or are you, are you panicking? Um, I'm, I'm panicking because, you, you know, I can't my, – my offense, number one, isn't strong enough yeah. to um, have a Christian Yelich out. Um, I imagine that uh, Trevor's story is going to perform. I mean, right at this point, he has no home runs. 
um, and, and one stolen base. That's not going to last. Um, disappointments from Mike Yastrzemski and, and Tyler O'Neill and, and Ian Happ for that. So I was hoping all three of those players would have um, better years. And it was hard for me to believe that Tyler O'Neill could have a worse year. But, you know, 14 strikeouts in 28 at-bats, um, it's, it's, it's concerning. Um, Dubon, um, Mauricio Dubon is going to lose playing time in, in center field. Josh Rojas has already lost playing time to a, a Diamondbacks team that's just riddled with injuries. Um, it's it's not looking good. When when your top one of your top players is Colin Moran, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's probably true. Um, but hey, uh, did you have Hoffman in the lineup this week, Jeff Hoffman? I did. Yeah, I good did. for you. Yeah, and I was worried mm-hmm. that he was not going to get the save, or excuse me, the the, the win. Yeah, because uh, Reds got out to a big lead. But I I did have um, Jeff Hoffman in, and it looks like uh, as we talked about last week. The odd man out when Sonny Gray came back yeah, it was Jose De Leon. Yeah, so um, yeah. I'm going to keep Hoffman in for at least another another um, period. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking at your lineup now. you got some guys that are still hitting under 200, and that's, that's a problem. Well, yeah. right now the key seems to be OPS. If, if you're in the top three in OPS, you're almost in the top three in the standings. Okay. So, All right. Um, well, at least that was true a couple days ago. Uh, let me just see if that is still true. Uh, the three leaders in OPS are. Uh, hang on a second here. I have this filtered by by period. So um, our OPS leaders are, are are the Hawks, the Bulls, who who made a nice push, and Statman. Okay. All right. Um, and and just as a side note, at the uh, at the Ranger Stadium when they have the you know the the lineup when the teams are yeah. at bat, they have the lineup there. They right to the right of the name is the, their OPS, not their batting average. Not batting average. See that? Hey, yeah. we, we've progressed into uh, a new decade, a yeah. new era of baseball. Until so you have people looking at like, what the hell's an OPS? Like what, what is, yeah. So, um, and their OPSs were, were bad. <laughs> they were in the Didn't six. look like batting averages. Look like yeah, they were in the six hundreds. Well, he's really getting off to a good start, hitting 600. Well, no, that's not really true, but yeah. Yeah, I know all about uh, OPSs in the 600. <laughs> and then we got the uh, last two teams. Uh, I think they're going to struggle all year, unless unless you see something I don't. Um, no, I I don't. Who do you want to start with first, Bear, the Bearcats or uh, Mighty Ducks? Uh, either one. It doesn't matter. We'll go with the Ducks. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they're – they're going to struggle all year. Yeah, you know, one of the things that jumps out to me, if we start with the Mighty Ducks, is just the lack of playing time mm-hmm. with, with, with people. I know that yeah. Brian Hayes and he had Chris Owings, who was playing pretty well. But if you look at the stats, um, right now the Mighty Ducks have 301 um, at-bats. And I look at the team like, let's just take the uh, Basura Bulls. They have 538 at-bats already uh, you know 200 more almost 50 almost 100 percent more yeah uh, at bats lakers have 564 um sewer hawks have 612 um twice as many it, it's hard to compete well you can't yeah 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 you, you just yeah you just can't and it's hard to find offense out there that's really going to help uh yeah no you, you're not you're not going to um and then we got the bearcats last right now um, same type of thing. 
Would you? Yeah, offensively, his yeah. team is just it's it's everybody is is bad. I mean, he's making my team offensively look really good. So yeah, and you know how how bad he is. And that that uh, shady trade that was made year year and a half ago with Patrick Corbin, he's getting lit up, <laughs> Corbin man. The, yeah, he is. Oh, he's got a 21 ERA. Yeah, how would you like to have Patrick Corbin and, and Madison Baumgartner on, on your team right now? I guess it's offset by Joe Musgrove, but yeah, it's going to be a long haul for the, for the Bearcats, I think. Yeah, and, he, and Zach Davies has a 10 ERA. Yeah, so I think I think Lamette's coming back, um, but I, I don't think you can expect a whole lot out of uh, Nelson Lamette. Uh, he had. It's not. DeGrom coming back, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? For your, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, he's going to pitch well, but, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going it, to – it's going to take a while for Corbin to bring that down, too. I mean, he's three three starts in. Yeah, he, he needs he needs some good outings. Uh, he is – he's getting the Dodger saves. He's got Jansen and, and Corey Knebel, so um, that that's, that's a bright spot that he has. Other than that, I think yeah, he's going to Yeah, and, and, and the person that gets the save last night was Victor Gonzalez. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the standings, and, and uh, but we're, we're in our third week of April coming up, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see if there's more movement. And, um, and we had a, a fairly busy fab night last night, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13, 13 players. Um, so it's Three weeks in now. That's the second highest. The first week was fifteen. Okay. Um, so the Bulls pick up uh, Tyler Anderson, a pitcher for the P- Pirates. Uh, I think Brubes. Brubes is the only good Pirate pitcher right now. Brubaker. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking really good, right? He, he is. Uh, Bulls also pick up Craig Stamen for a dollar from a relief pitcher for the Padres. Uh, you picked up Austin Gombar. Uh, uh, yeah, Gomber, that's, that's really a play for the following week. Um, actually, after his first start, um, he's pitched pretty well. He can get some strikeouts, but it, it, it would certainly be the idea behind this is that he's going to pitch because he can from the Cardinals in the Arenado trade, and I would just be looking to start him when he's not, uh, he's not pitching at Coors. Okay. All right. I got you. Um, you, you giving up on the Ponce de Leon experiment? I, I am. Um, unfortunately, he, he has some good stuff. He's become a two-pitch pitcher, and when, when you're a two-pitch pitcher and rely 80% or 90% on your fastball and you can't locate it, um, it, it just it's just tough. I feel, I feel bad for him because he's got a good story. Yeah, but um, I, I just don't think that that he's going to stick around. In fact, they've already dropped him to the uh, alternate site. Okay, um, all right, and then uh, you pick up Ryan Weathers, relief pitcher for the Padres. Um, you also picked up Jacob Stallings, the catcher for the Pirates, and Justin Williams, uh, who you you beat me out on a tiebreaker. Uh, you picked up Justin Williams, the outfielder for the Cardinals which I was hoping yeah, to get so, for four hours, but uh, obviously the tie break, I guess, would you were lower in the standings. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be getting a lot of tie breakers here in the future, too, because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be lower in the standings. Yeah. Let me just really touch on those real quick. You know, Ryan Weathers um, is going to be filling in um, for um, uh, until when that gets back, so we'll see what happens. He didn't pitch all that bad against the Dodgers. He didn't pitch great 
Um, not enough to, to earn a starting rotation, but I, I think in a relief role he could be helpful. Um, this is how bad my offense is, is that I had to pick up Jacob Stalk, who's had he's off to a good start. I got two I'm gonna have two catchers in my lineup this week. Yeah. That always makes that's you nervous, not, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. And then Justin Williams, um, his hard hit metrics seem seem to be good. Um I'll see how long he can at least get maybe five games in, and, and that's really dependent upon um, Bader coming back, which is going to be in a couple weeks, and O'Neill coming back um, probably later this week. So yeah. I put him in the outfield. I think I sold him for, you know, it's just until next Saturday. So okay. it's probably a one-week sure. pickup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Bulls also picked up uh, Daza, center fielder for Colorado, which he beat me out on a tiebreaker as well. Uh, for a dollar. Um, yeah, Bearcats pick up Daniel Vogelbach for two bucks. Drop, yeah. drop a yeah. kino. He looks like a softball player, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, and then the Ducks picked up some people last night. Uh, Billy McKinney uh, and, Joe, and Ross. Joe Ross. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought Joe Ross was kind of the uh, – the big pickup this, this week, and I think I went six dollars. I know people texted him that he he also was in the Joe Ross sweepstakes because I I don't think Ross has given up a run yet. This, this, no, uh, he hasn't. Yep. This week, yeah. And, and you know, here's the hard part is that I, I started to put Fab bids in um, early last week, and I know he was going to pitch against the Cardinals. And when he pitched well against the Cardinals, I'm like, well, uh, I got to keep increasing my bid all all week long. Yeah, yeah, because it. Especially when people need everybody's st- on them. Yeah, yep. they need started pitching, and they're going to go with a hot hand. Um, and then uh, the Sewerhawks pick up Seth Lugo, who I had my eye on. I thought it was a little early, and now I'm second guessing myself because Lugo is uh, he can come in and save some games for the Mets, uh, but he's still he's still out for a little bit. And I was going to wait just to say you know because they have setbacks all the time when they come back from these long term injuries, so. Um, but the Sewerhawks picked him up for a buck. Um, and then the Statmen pick up, how do you say this game? Eric Fetty? Fetty, yeah. Yeah, um, starting pitcher for the there's, Nationals. There's a chance There's a chance that Seth Lugo ends up leading the Sewerhawks with wins <laughs> by the <laughs> season's end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, he's still out for a little bit. He's not scheduled to come back till mid-May. And I thought, ah, just uh, let me just wait it out. You know what I mean? Let's see if he progresses. But, um. I guess Bob thinking saves, and he's like, "I'll just, I'll just pick him up now." Um, and then the Bearcats pick up Mickey Moniak, uh drop out of. What do you Hazel. think about him? I mean, he only he's only played a couple games. He's the number one, he's number one draft choice, right? Yeah. So's. Yeah. So was Adam Hazley. So I don't really <laughs> trust anything they say is their number one pick. Um, I, I like to kind of wait to see it out, see how it shakes out. Uh, yeah, they they. Of course, they talk about him because he's, you know, he's a first-round draft pick. But yeah, we'll see. And I think he he might have been a high school kid. Yes, he was. He was okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's pretty young still. He's twenty-two. He is. I think he's twenty-two. Yep. Um. So yeah, we'll see. I guess anyone that that's dropped it that you think oh, I'd like to keep my eye on that guy. Uh, I don't know about a uh, Aquino. Um. He goes through periods where you can hit the ball. Um, anybody else that sticks out, you're like, uh, maybe I'll. That guy was dropped. Maybe I'll keep an eye on. 
Um, not yet, but we'll yeah. we'll see as the week goes on because there's always players that that I miss. But um, no, I, I I think for now I'm gonna see where things shake out after this week. You okay. Know? All right. Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah. So another active. Uh, I don't think there are any American League players dropped this week. I we may have shut ourselves from all of them. Who knows? Right. <laughs> no, I think Joey Gallo's still out there. Okay. Yeah, and he probably will be traded, but. I mean, it's still early with him. He, he's very streaky, so we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, so let, let's get into the CBS. Why C, who, who texted you this question? Why does the CBS have OPS on its player stat? I, I, no, I, I, I was – well, first of all, um, it was me that sent an email to CBS because when I look on their website, if you look on the player pages, yeah, they have um, on-base – and slugging percentage, but they don't have OPS. They, now, obviously, they have it as uh, a, a standings category for us, but how difficult can it be if you already have slugging percentage and uh, on-base percentage? Why, why can't you just add another category? So, you know, the, the first um, time I questioned them, because I, I questioned them twice this week, here's the first response. We would be happy to assist you with this. Unfortunately... When viewing full player profile, OBP and sluggy percentage are offered as separate categories to view, not OPS. We appreciate your continued support. Well, I'm asking you, why don't you have it on there? <laughs> I know it's not so on there. <laughs> I was pissed off by that, and so I sent a second one. Same question, because um, that response came from Commissioner Joel. They call themselves Commish. Okay. Um, the second response said, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Well, well obviously they don't out. know me because yeah. my schedule's not busy. <laughs> <laughs> to provide us with feedback. Much of our success in becoming the number one sports site on the web has been through suggestions, criticisms, and other feedback from our most important department um, fans. Uh, your email has been uh, forwarded to the appropriate department for review. Um, so basically, the second response from Commissioner Ro uh, Robert is saying, hey, we forwarded on, uh, you might need to live with this. And very just, I don't know, it's just disconcerting that something that I thought was, was so easy um, is, is going through all of this. So the user experience, to, uh, uh, to much to Bob's chagrin, is, is, is kind of sucks. And, you know, I know Bob said he didn't want his saline levels or his saltiness to uh, increase, so I'm taking over for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's – that. I mean, that is, uh, yeah, anyone who's had a job knows what that means. <laughs> that means it's being forwarded up to be buried somewhere. Yeah, we're not going to get a response on that. Um, nope. But, yeah. but I might send a third one. You don't know. You don't know. As, as my team flounders, uh, oh, yeah. the more aggravated I become. And, and, you know, it's because I can't see OPS is the reason why my team is not doing so well. And, <laughs> and bitterness, too. Yeah, spite and, and bitterness. bitterness. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. bitterness level is very high. Yeah, it, the IBUs are off the chart. <laughs> okay, and hey, just as a side note, uh, Patriots Day tomorrow. Um, game the Red Sox start at eleven oh five, and CBS uh, says that's going to affect even National League only uh, teams. So uh, we'll send a text out today just to remind everyone. No, we won't. No, we, we won't? won't. We'll make them listen to this podcast, and if they don't listen to it before eleven oh five tomorrow, they're out, and they can bitch about it in text. Monday afternoon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. 
See, here's some of that bitterness coming up already. And maybe you can respond. We appreciate your concern. I'll forward it up. <laughs> Had you listened to the podcast, you would have known. <laughs> right. Jerk. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Twib Notes this week brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. Uh, what did I have at Globe Life Field? That was my question to you, yeah, because um, instead of doing a beer review, um, I thought we would talk about what you had at Globe Life. Deep Elm. Wait, wait, whoa, say again? Deep Elm. E-L-L-U-M. Deep? I, I gotta look that up. Who is that by? I have no idea. But it was light, uh, clear. Here I go with my articulate words to describe taste and look. Um I don't know if it's an IPA or not. It wasn't too strong. I only had one because uh, I was driving in, in, in the dark using GPS coming home. So, um, yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed okay. it. Yeah. It, lo- it looks like they're a uh, uh, a, lo- a local microbrewer in, in, in the Dallas area. So okay, good there you go. You. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried that. And then last night I had, after the game, I had the uh, Voodoo Ranger uh, Imperial IPA. Again, excellent. But my whole taste buds are changing. That's 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 great. How how many did you have? Well, after the game? Yeah. Four. Ooh, you're we're getting into Johnny Cueto territory now. Yeah, then I went to bed at one AM. <laughs> I'm on vacay. Hey, good for you. I I, I don't blame you. I encourage it. <laughs> okay. And at, at, uh, today in baseball history, 1923, uh, original Yankee Stadium opens. 72,000 show up. Ruth hits his first homer, beating the Red Sox 4-2. to two. It's the first stadium with three decks. You ever been to old Yankee Stadium? I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it, uh, and we've been to the new one. Um, new one's certainly more spacious than the old one. Um, but, yeah, I like the original one. It was tight. You know, I... I, I I thought it was a cool stadium. I, I think the fact that if you think about that, uh, the original Yankee Stadium being built a hundred years ago and, and, and having, you know, three decks um, was probably quite a feat. And there's just so much, there was so much history there. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean, it was that 1923 was probably the start of it. Yeah. When we when we went to New York, didn't you and Rick and um, um, Brian and Bill, you guys went out to the monuments, right? We did. Yep. Yeah, yeah that was cool. I, I think, yeah. yeah, and I think Tom and I went to the bar. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Um, and then 1939, and I did not know this. 1939, the Dodgers restart their radio broadcasting of games, hiring Red Barber from the Reds. The three New York teams, Yankees, Dodgers, and Giants, did not broadcast on radio from 34 to 38 for fear it would reduce attendance. Does that surprise you? Yeah, well, not that um, they would do that. That, that actually at happened. At the time, at the time, no. Looking back, yes, because you know, owners of that time were scared about that. Just as owners in the '60s and '70s were afraid that if they show too much baseball on TV, that fans wouldn't show up. And what they found is that the, the more exposure you have, the more people want to come out. But you know, the owners um, are always trying to do something that that messes up the game. Yeah. Um... And then in 1978, I remember this guy, Lyman Bostock, uh, hitting 051 for the first part of the season. He was two for 39, 
offers not to accept the salary if he doesn't start hitting the baseball. He had just signed a free agent deal with the Angels that year from the Twins, and Bostock was uh, killed later that season. Do you remember this guy? I do. I do. Yeah. He was a really good hitter. He was a um, really good at least hitter. from what right? I remember. Yeah, and I think him and, uh, you know, he was with the Twins uh, when um, Carew was still there, and – uh, in 77, his last year with the Twins, he hit 336, and I think Carew won the batting title that year. Um, I'm looking it up now. Uh, Carew hit 388, which I'm he did, I'm sure he did win the batting title that year. So uh, Twins had some had two left-handed hitters that could hit the baseball. Uh, it, was, it, it is a shame that this guy's career was cut short like that. Um, it was it was a miss misidentified the guy who shot him thought he was someone else it's such mm. a shame um but yeah he he was a he was a really good hitter for those few years he played yeah i mean a career 311 hitter in in four short seasons so you wonder you know yeah um, how much better he may have gotten yep yeah um and i think he passed away he was 27 years old so he's probably hitting his prime yeah um all right, what, what are you uh, what are you walking off with today? I, I put in the show notes. Um, I just read a book called, and essentially what this book is is that um, hey, I guess hey, a college professor. Hey, re- let me interrupt you real quick. You find you, you you dropped yeah. the, you dropped off when you said you read a book and you said the title and it didn't come across. What was the title? Oh, okay. Yeah, the the, the title of the book is called The Wax Pack. Okay. Um, and, and essentially what the premise is, is that this college professor, um, finds, uh, an old, I think it's in 19, what was it, 1986, um, baseball card pack, um, from, from his childhood. Oh, cool. And his, All right. yeah. And, and, and his goal is to go back and talk to all the players that he finds in this pack, oh. um, about their career after baseball. And, you know, a couple of the players just. Just to mention a few that that, that he meets with is uh, like like remember Rance Mullinix? Yeah, yep. Steve Yeager, um, Gary Templeton, Don Carmen. Um, it, it, it's just really interesting uh, um, the concept uh, of, of the book. So um, I, I'd recommend it as is an easy read. Um, it's called The Waxback by. Ooh, let me see if I can pronounce his name. Brad Occasion, B A L U K J I. A-N. Sure. That sounds right. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it, it was an interesting read. It's only, you know, 250, 300 pages. But uh, it takes you back to uh, some of the players that we knew because the cards, the baseball cards, were from 1986. And we were, what, three years into our uh, yeah. uh, Bush League career. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of, of a book now. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll choose that next. Um, so I'm walking off with, uh, uh, fan etiquette. Okay. Baseball fan etiquette. Now, I don't know if you noticed this. I, I, I feel like everyone who's a baseball fan should know this as etiquette, right? Etiquette meaning like an unwritten rule, right? Okay. That you do not walk to your seat while the play is going on. Like you don't walk to your, down the steps, Cross the aisle while the pitcher is on the mound throwing the baseball. 
That that's basic fan etiquette. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I do. Are you saying you experienced this in Texas? It was constant. It was constant. I think there needs you know, like you know people have talked about you're going to need this vaccine card to like travel and go to things. Yeah. And we need a fan card. Like you need to show proof that you've been trained on the etiquette of being a fan at a baseball game. Otherwise, you're not. Le- I'm not letting you in, because it, if you it, whole families walking across while the the game's going on, and back that, and I, I I'm not sure if I remember this correctly. Maybe I'm not, but I thought ushers at the at the top of the steps controlled that. Um, I, I think um, in some states they actually do. Yeah, but, you know, um, I, I guess maybe in Texas you probably can. If you try to stop somebody from doing something, yeah, well, it, it's it's horrible, I, I, and I it it bothers the crap out of me. It is a real pet peeve, and 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 I got up at the end of the inning, used the restroom, came back. They started a little quicker than I thought, and I waited till there was an out, and then walked in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, so I'm going to yeah, require I mean, 30, fan cards. People, I guess. I guess you know, there's there's. Probably, um, what, 50%, 60% capacity um, by choice. So, yeah, I guess it was fairly crowded, right? So people streaming all over the place. Well, yeah, and I don't care that they're there, but God bless. Wait till the, wait, wait till the, 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 there's an out or there's a break. You walk down, get in your seat. Not in the middle of the game. I, you know, there, there was a half an inning I didn't even <laughs> see because of the seven people, two rows in front of me. I'm like, dude, sit the hell down. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, that's what I'm walking off with. All right. So, well, you, you know, you, you got to be, you, you don't want to miss a Charlie Culberson at that. So you got to be, uh, in your seat for that. That was nice. How did you, how did you know he was on the team? Huh? How oh, did... I know my stuff. I just can't, I just can't execute. That's all. <laughs> Charlie Culberson. Oh boy. Um, he used to be a National League guy, didn't he? Yeah. He played for the, played for the Braves. The Braves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. All right, buddy. Uh, anything else? Nope. Uh, hopefully next week uh, we'll try um, to get uh, Josh, the uh, owner of uh, what's the, the Dude Vitamins, on next week. Or if not him, we'll try and get some other uh, owners on. But uh, week and travel safe back yep. from Dallas, Chief. All right. Have a good week, champ. See you.